I told them probably like a week after I found out. Because, again, I didn't want to upset them. But I just felt like they had to know. Because I couldn't, you know, keep that a secret. So I just told them, you know, that she found me. Which is true. And it also kind of took me off the hook there a little bit. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and you're about to meet Elisa, who lives outside of Philadelphia. She shares her story of the DNA test she completed to learn more about her heritage that surprisingly linked her to her birth mother. The woman was lifelong friends with Elisa's birth father's family, but the man never knew that Elisa existed until her birth mother helped connect them at her own home. Elisa's birth mother has met her adoptive parents, which filled an unrecognized void in her parents' lives. This is Elisa's journey. Elisa was adopted at birth. Her parents picked her up from the hospital. She said she's always known she was adopted, and her parents read her the book The Chosen Child to try to normalize adoption for her. But more impactful than the book were the real-life adoptees around her. She had a childhood friend who was also an adoptee, and her aunt adopted a child when Elisa was young, so adoption was part of their extended family, too. So I have two um, younger brothers who are biological to my adoptive parents. Mm. There's actually a little bit of an interesting story there because well, my mom couldn't get pregnant. And so, you know, they adopt, they tried for seven years and then they adopted me. And my mother's, so I was born in March. My mother's uh, mother died in May and then her father died in August. Oh. That was very traumatic and yeah, a lot of upheaval for her. But, you know, a lot like the best thing to happen and the worst thing that happened in the same year. Um, so in the middle of all this, she stopped getting her period. And she, you know, talked to her doctor and he said, oh, it's just stress. It's stress. Don't worry about it. And then my mom's stomach was getting really big and hard. And my dad told her that he was worried about her and they should go to the doctor. And she went and found out she was seven months pregnant with my brother. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So for seven (laughs) years, they couldn't get pregnant. And in in the midst of tragedy, sort of loss, she gets pregnant. And they just don't suspect it because it's been seven, seven years since they even started trying. That's unreal. Right. Right. And the, you know, the doctor kind of explained it away, which, you know, kind of made sense. And she's very like, she was very petite. And so she didn't really show for a long time. So. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So we're 11 months apart. (laughs) My my brother. And then my. Oh, you had more than one. Yeah. And I have another brother. He was um, another surprise a couple of years later. (laughs) (laughs) multi-year span between surprises is kind of crazy wow yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. so how 
How'd you get along with your brothers? We're cl- We're very close. We always got along. You know, I mean, as you know, as well as siblings do, but we're you know had very good relationships with each other. Yeah, I never. I never was made to feel like different or anything like that from them. I mean, in a way, I kind of was like almost like favored <laughs> to say that, but especially by my dad. I was like definitely like a daddy's little girl. Oh, so cute. my one brother always teases me that I never like had to take the trash out or anything. <laughs> it was always my brother's. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sure my son wishes he was a daughter so he wouldn't have to take the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, I have two daughters, so they're taking the trash out. <laughs> That's right. You get off the couch since we got work to do. That's right. That's pretty funny. How about with your parents? How did you get along with them? Good. I mean, I really, you know, didn't have anything out of the ordinary. We're very close. They, they were just very good parents to me. Always, you know, I never wanted, you know, for anything, and they always were there to help me and we you know they were both teachers they're retired teachers now so they always had the summers off so we always spent like the the summers together going on um like they like to do road trips so we did a lot of road trips and yeah it was it was good it was definitely a good childhood that's cool so you it sounds like you were pretty well adjusted tell me about you said you're a bit of a daddy's girl. Tell me about being a daddy's girl. Like I said, like if there was something that had to get done, he would just like ask my brothers first. I think he was a little like harsher on them, not in, like not bad in a bad way, but you know, harder on them than on me. And then you know, I couldn't do like I couldn't do any wrong <laughs> for him. I went to a different high school than my brothers went to, and so it was not the neighborhood school. And it was near where my dad taught. And so my dad drove me um, to school every day for high school. And those were like some of the like best times, like just special times because we would, you know, listen to uh, sports radio. We talked about the Phillies. He's a big, he's a big baseball fan. So lots of bonding time. And we're very, we have very um, similar personalities. Like, you know, we're very like friendly and funny Of course, with this well-adjusted life and the feelings of love in her family, I wondered what made Elisa want to search for her birth family. She said the funny thing about her story is she didn't search. Elisa admitted she had the natural curiosity of any adopted person to know more, but she always got the message, kind of indirectly, that if she tried to search for her birth family, it would really hurt her adoptive parents. I always knew that. So I never was like, never that interested in searching that I wanted to take a chance of hurting them. So I never actually did anything to try to, to find anybody. But what happened was in 2018, so I was 46 and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have a son, Sam, who is adopted from Guatemala. So yet another like adoption in our family. So uh, in 2018, they as a family, they also have a biological daughter, did Ancestry DNA just to just to find out about, you know, their background, also his, just to get information. 
And in the process of doing that, they found my nephew's biological sister living like an hour and a half away from us. Wow. From Guatemala? From Guatemala, yes. It's it's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. So I so I heard that story and I was like, um, you know, it was just it was interesting. But yet I still wasn't thinking of like searching. (laughs) But I was like, you know, I've always been curious about my heritage because, you know, I was I was raised Jewish and I was very like involved in my synagogue in religious school and going to services like, you know, every Sabbath. So but but I always heard from people like, hmm, you don't look Jewish, Mm -hmm. you know, because I have like blonde hair and green eyes. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious. So I wound up in, so like later that year, it's like for December of 2018, as like a Hanukkah present to myself, I bought an Ancestry DNA kit and I did it. (laughs) And it came back and I found results. I'm like mostly Western European, like England, Ireland, like from that area. So I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) I found that in like, I guess I got results in January of 2019. And then in February, like on a Saturday night, we're sitting there uh, watching a movie. And I just like checked my phone, looked at my emails, and I have this email message from Ancestry DNA. And it said, it was from this woman, and it said, What is your birthday? You came up as a match on Ancestry. I did give a baby for adoption. What? Yes. And I kind of like almost dropped the phone. <laughs> Just, it, it, I, I didn't, I don't know. I never I expected that. Yeah, right. <laughs> even, the, you know, like, even though I knew that my nephew had found his, you know, sister and I knew like, I'm like, maybe somebody will pop up and it, maybe it'll be like a cousin or something, you know, right. I, I, for some reason, I just, I never thought <laughs> about my either my biological mother or father being on there not to mention them reaching out to you and saying hey found you. <laughs> like what right no, that is wild wow it yes so i was in message. shock <laughs> yeah so you're reading this message you almost dropped the phone what do you <laughs> Where do you even go from that? What do you say to a message like that in Ancestry? I, well, I, I sat on it for a day <laughs> because I really didn't know. Like, that's a good question. How do you respond to that? But I just didn't know. Like, I was like, what do I do? Because that kind of, I knew if I responded that that kind of opened everything up, you know, and I wasn't really ready for that or you know prepared for that so I waited for like for a day and then I was like well I guess I have to respond in some way so I just wrote back what my birthday is because that's what she asked for and then she replied and you know was just like very excited and said that's the day I had the baby I gave up and you know where do we go from here and where do you live what do you look like and I was just like, Ooh. <laughs> whoa, that was, that was just a lot for me. Was it, was it a lot? 
in that you something was started that you didn't initiate or was it a lot in that like a, a large volume of unexpected emotions is, is happening. Like, tell me, what do you mean when you say it was a lot? Hmm. It's, it's kind of both that there's just a lot of emotions involved and, that I wasn't kind of ready for. And then also that it, yeah, like that it kind of started and it wasn't like, it wasn't, it was out of my control in a way. You know, like, and I was trying to figure out, like, how to, how can I grab onto some control here? Because I just, it just threw me for such a loop. It I was just so, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I almost liken it to, as I'm sort of imagining in my mind, if you were standing outside and all of a sudden you hear, like, the starting pistol of a race and you realize, <laughs> holy crap, I'm in this race? Like... You know what I mean? Like just you weren't yes. even expecting something to happen. You were not planning to run this race today. And now suddenly the starting gun is gone and and this thing is happening. <laughs> it just sounds like it just like it took off out of nowhere. Wow. It 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 really did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she confirmed for you that the date mm -hmm. you gave was the date she gave birth. And but mm -hmm. it sounds like you're going pretty slow in terms of sharing information. And she says, where do we go from here? So where did you go from there? Um, so, I mean, I, I wrote back and I just kind of, you know, confirmed that, that I was born where she gave the baby, like, and just kind of told her how, how I was in shock. And I just wasn't sure, like, how to move forward. I gave her my email address and just asked, like, just for some information about, like, how it happened and and let her know like I, I just wouldn't take it so but I do want you to know that you know I've never been upset or you know angry about being adopted and and I did grow up in a very loving family and I've had a really good life so wanted to let her know that and I said if you want to email me you can so kind of I think I was thinking like if I keep it like at email then it's just you know, keeping a distance in that way. Right. It's not as personal as talking on the phone, you know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a little bit um, of electronic courage that comes from that. Like a phone conversation, the person's voice in your ear is fairly intimate, you know? Yeah. Right. And and it was just, it was a lot too, because I was just like, trying to think like, I don't know, like, I, don't know, I just, I just, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to know. And then, you know, was I going to tell my parents about it? And it was just, you know, I had a lot going on with my parents anyway. And like the year before we had, you know, this so this is like February, March. The previous summer, we had like moved my parents into assisted living. Um, and then that wasn't really working out. They really were unhappy. So we had just decided that they were going to move in with us. So, I mean, it was just in the middle of all of that happening too. Wow. And it was like, I have enough, I have so much going on with my parents, with one <laughs> set of parents. And it was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, how to handle having another set. It can be a lot when your parents who cared for you start to need more care themselves. 
You, the child, are trying to manage your own family and life, and the responsibility of taking on your parents can be a heavy burden. But adding an unexpected discovery reunion with birth parents on top of it all was a lot for Elisa. She said part of her is a people pleaser, something she admits could be part of her life as an adoptee. Elisa was taken aback, but she didn't want to reject her birth mother Cindy's outreach, so they went back and forth on email. The women shared some facts from their lives, and Elisa talked about her husband and her daughters. Sometimes when adoptees find our families, we have so many questions, we spray a barrage of inquiries and overshare our own information with the family members we've found. I wondered if the reverse was true for Elisa's birth mother, who had found her. I thought, like, after that first, those first couple messages, of, you know, where it seemed like she was coming on really strong, she have to say she was really pretty good, you know, and she just, like, I asked questions and she answered them, you know, and then she might ask one or two questions, but most of it was her, like, kind of answering my questions. She sent me some pictures. I sent her some pictures. We, like, um, friended each other on Facebook so that we could see more pictures. Um, so, yeah, so I have slow. We did. We did take With, it slow. Without even agreeing to it between each other, too, right? Right. Yeah, we, neither one of us ever said, like, let's just take, you know, let's slow this down. Take, no, we didn't do that. It just kind of happened that way. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's really fortunate yeah. because without actually saying it, it could have, one of you could have jumped off the cliff, right? And just overshared <laughs> and, you know, just run the other person over and scared them off, frankly. So that's, right. That's pretty lucky that that was unspoken, but somehow made clear. Right. I think, I mean, I know she, she had been looking for me for a long time. Elisa shared her new connection with her birth mother, Cindy, with her husband, thinking about how she wanted to meet the woman face to face. Elisa works as a school psychologist, so just like the teachers, she's off in the summertime. She told Cindy that after she moved into her new house and moved her parents in and got them settled, she wanted to go to Ohio to meet her. They planned a weekend meeting for the summer of 2019. So we were supposed to go in, in July, and then the morning that we were going to leave, my daughter woke up with the worst stomach bug she's ever had. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And then actually my husband and I both got sick. So I had to like, had to text her and say like, we're not coming because we were sick. And I just felt so bad. And then I was like, I wonder if she like really believes me <laughs> because it was just so weird. Um, you know, the timing of it. Yeah. And, and what um, an ex of all excuses, right? Right. Oh, we're sick. <laughs> oh really? You're yeah. Sick, really? Yeah, yeah, like, it, oh. It's too convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What did she yeah. say? She was, she was fine with it. She was like, you know, I, I understand, just feel better. So we wound up rescheduling it for September. So we wound up, wound up driving out like a Friday morning. And my husband and my daughters came with me. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going by myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're all coming with me. <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> so we had a plan that that she and I would meet up at a restaurant by ourselves, you know, just the two of us on Friday night. Mm. We had a plan to like go to the restaurant like right next door to the hotel 
that I was staying at. And she wound up like being a little bit late. So when we went to the restaurant, like I went in, but she was already walking around the restaurant, like looking for me. (laughs) So then we like, we saw each other and, you know, knew that we were looking for each other. We just knew it was, you know, so we hugged, but it wasn't like this like big emotional moving moment, you know, but we did hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was more like, I oh, I found you. I've been looking for you kind of thing. Than, than <laughs> like, oh, my God, long lost. Yeah. And it's strange because I'm a very emotional person. I cry easily. Like, just, you know, watching movies. <laughs> I just That's just me. But, like, I didn't cry practically the whole weekend. Wow. <laughs> it was so weird. I think I was in shock. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. So your, we had a nice dinner. Life? Yeah. How was your dinner? It was good. We, you know, she did like, you know, a lot of talking, telling me about herself and her family. And so she has two other children. She, yeah. (laughs) So she has a son who is actually two years older than me. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So you're saying that she had a son and then Mm -hmm. you were placed for adoption. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah. Which was, that was like, I was like not ready to hear. You know what I mean? That surprised me. For sure. I wasn't expecting to hear that. But she told me, you know, when she was pregnant with me, she was 19. And she had moved out of her parents' house. She was living with a friend in the city. She didn't have a car. She was, you know working but not a a great job and she just knew that she wouldn't be able to give two children what they need Mm -hmm. so what did you think when you heard that i mean you know a little bit like a little hurt i guess but you know ultimately i know learning more about her life and you know and his life you know i'm definitely so grateful that she did that you know, I definitely had a much um, easier life than I would have had, if, you know, if she had kept me. Wow. That's fascinating. Tell me a little bit about what you learned about her life. How do, how do you mean that? She was a single mom and she just, she worked a lot. He had some emotional problems and it was just like a lot of struggling, you know, just to make ends meet kind of thing in the family there's a lot of uh it's like dysfunctional i'm sure i couldn't think of the word it's very dysfunctional you know and even like now i know between you know my biological brother like him and his kids and you know my bio and then so i also have a biological sister too and like her and her family there's a lot of so there's always these periods of like this person's not talking to this person and this person you know and it just like even since i've been known them which has only been you know a year and a half it's you can or two years it's been you know there's always a period of time where somebody is like not talking to each other it's it's just strange a lot of drama (laughs) sounds like a lot of drama so you know we finished dinner and then she 
said, oh, I'll give you a ride back to the hotel, um, which was really like I could have just walked. But she was like, oh, you know, she didn't I could tell like she didn't want this to end, mm-hmm. which is fine. It was still early. Um, so she p- drove me over to the to the hotel and like stopped in the you know like drop off area. But then she, we wound up staying in the car for like, I don't know, two, two more hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she was just telling me stories about my brother and my sister and, you know, their kids and telling me about her job. So, you know, she just was like doing like a lot of talking, which is okay because I like to listen. So (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I, you know, do I try to like to end this or do I let her keep going? And, you know, we were sitting in the car. I always think now, I'm like, why didn't I just say, let's go sit in the lobby? Like, I don't know. (laughs) so it was it it was nice she's very nice she's kind of quiet laid back but you know very sweet person Mm -hmm. that's all yeah really cool so how did you end it you've sat in the car now for two hours (laughs) how do you end a a, you know (laughs) adoption reunion from the front seat of the vehicle I know it's so awkward. Um, I I think like I, I mean it, it was probably like almost twelve o'clock, so I w- I was like okay, well I, I'm really tired. <laughs> I go to sleep, you know. So we just kind of talked about what we were gonna do the next day, and we hugged each other, and uh, that was it for that night. <laughs> the next day, Elisa, her birth mom, and her half sister and her sons met at the science center in Columbus. Elisa said it was good to have an activity to engage in instead of just sitting around and talking. Elisa's sister shared a lot about herself in that first meeting, more open than Elisa felt like she might have been. Elisa's daughters were just a little older than their cousins, and they were kind of nervous about meeting the new family members. Her daughters were unsure what to say or how to act. Elisa told her girls just be nice and polite and try to have fun. Being at the Science Center gave everyone something else to focus on, some distractions. I wondered if Elisa looked like her maternal family. She said no, and Elisa admitted she was disappointed that they didn't look more alike when she saw pictures of Cindy. In their first conversation, Elisa asked if Cindy knew who her birth father was. So much was going on for Elisa that she wasn't really interested in connecting with the man. She just wanted to know who he was. She wrote back to me and she was like, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm not exactly sure who it is in it's between two different men. So I was like, okay, you know, so she gave me their names and they, um, she told me they weren't on Facebook. Well, actually one of them is deceased. So they were on Facebook with their wives are, and she's friends with, their wives on Facebook. So, and I was like, oh, this is a very close community. <laughs> it just seems a little strange to me, but I was like, okay. But I think they kind of, it was like they kind of grew up together. So that's how they all kind of knew each other and stayed in touch just on Facebook, you I know? See. So she gave me the names of their wives. So I looked on Facebook and I couldn't really tell totally by looking, you know, so I did a little like detective work. (laughs) So I was like, I, on Ancestry DNA, I have so many cousins, like 
there was there are just so many cousin matches on my cow. I would never be able to go through all of them. It's 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 crazy. So I was looking for like the closest ones, like a first cousin, um, that wasn't related to to my mother. And there was one. It was not related to her. So I took that name. I went on to Facebook. And I saw that that cousin was friends with the one guy's wife. So I was able to figure out who it was just through that way. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you triangulated him by the relationships that he had. Yeah. So And I told her, I said, you know, I said, I think I figured out who it is. (laughs) And then looking at more pictures of him and, you know, now I can definitely see you know, that I do look like him. Um, so I said, I figured out who it is. I, and I said, do you think that you would like ever tell him about this? Because then it felt weird to me that I would know this and she would know this and that he wouldn't. Sure. I don't know. It's not that I wanted to like stir up anything, but it just seemed like something that he should know. So between the two guys, she had never told either one of them that she was pregnant. Because mm-hmm. she wasn't really with them. So she said, Well, I see his niece a lot. So she wound up actually telling his niece at a birthday party for her grandson. It was just so very random that she happened to see the niece there. So she told his niece, and his niece said that she was going to try to, you know, figure out a way to tell him. And he was very, like, shocked. I mean, you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, to get... <laughs> I would say she's trying to figure out how to tell him. I'm thinking, how do you go home from a kid's birthday party and walk in with news that I'm like, someone knows your biological daughter you didn't know? Like, that's crazy. It, it is crazy. That's why I was like, oh, I thought maybe she would tell him. <laughs> and not that. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. I know. Well, would you mind putting me in touch with him? I have some interesting news that he might Right. Say, nope, you go do it and let me know how that goes. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Elisa's biological mother shared her contact information with the man's niece. His niece reached out to Elisa to let her know the man was going to try to process the news that he had a daughter. The niece had shown the man Elisa's picture, and he admitted he could see their resemblance. But he needed time to process the unexpected development in his life. All of that happened in the spring, but the man never reached out. Keep in mind, Elisa's birth mother grew up with the man's family, so many of them were friends. When Elisa was in town that September, Cindy had a pizza social at her house. So she invited his sister and his niece because, again, they all grew up together. So they all know each other, like her (laughs) and their families, they, they all just know each other. So I knew that his that his sister and his niece were going to come to this get together. And then I guess the day before we were coming, his niece reached out to him and was like, I don't know if anybody told you, but Elise is coming this weekend. So he did wind up coming. He, she told me like on Friday that he said he was going to come to the get together on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't reach out to you when he first got the news and he was processing it all. Right. But knowing that you would be there, he was planning to show up. Yes. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of by himself because his wife had already had plans. She was not in town. So he came, you know, by himself, you know, to this party at the house of <laughs> the woman that had a child with him that he didn't know. <laughs> so I give him like so much credit for, for showing up Thank because you. that must have been incredibly you know, I, I don't even know. Awkward, uncomfortable. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're right. This is a woman that you didn't know you fathered a child with, and that child is there, and she's an adult. Right. With her own family standing there. Was your family there too? Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Props to him, man. Yeah. That's, that's that's gutsy. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how was it when uh, he walks in, like, or how, how it set me up for how it went when he came in? So we had been there for, you know, a while because we, we came over to her house. This is, at, this is at my biological mother's house. We had been there probably like for an hour or two before that because we got there a little bit earlier before everybody mm-hmm. else came. And first his sister and his niece came. And that is the point that is actually the part that where I cried a little bit because his sister was sick with she had been sick for years with cancer. So she wasn't in good health. Um, so the, the fact that she, you know, it was very important to her to come to meet me. And, and so just like seeing her was very touching. But like she came up to me and she like put her hands on my face and she just looked at me and just nodded. Like, oh my gosh, I, I get chills now just like thinking about it. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really special. She actually um, just passed away. Oh, so, sorry. yeah, it was, she was a very special person to a lot of people. Like, everybody there, you know, she was aunt now to all those people, everybody in her community, you know, and in, in my, you know, the two parts of my family that are there. She was a very special person, so mm-hmm. I'm very glad I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he shows up an hour later. Yeah, he he showed up a little bit, a little while later, and he just, you know, we just hugged each other. You know, he just smiled and he hugged me, and you know, he said, "I'm so happy to meet you." And then we sat down. It was like like a bench swing seat kind of thing. So we sat down on that together and he was he's just he's so sweet he's just this really sweet nice guy like you know he was asking me questions and he was telling me how he was a retired long distance truck driver and he and he said he's like I used to drive up and down 95 like all those years like and that's you know, Philadelphia is right on 95. Like you drive right through the city. And so I just felt bad. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of saying like, if I had only known, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, unfortunately I was driving right past you and didn't know it. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That is really, really nice. It's funny how people think back to what could have been and there's Mm -hmm. that sort of, there's that, it doesn't sound like he's necessarily saying regret, but just like, I just, I wish I had known and I would have right. done this part differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Wow. 
and not like angry, you know, just kind of wished, you know, he hadn't missed out on it, I guess. Because mm-hmm. he never had any children of his own. Really? Other than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That must have felt really special when you learned that, huh? Yes. Yeah. It, it was a really nice, it was a really nice night. Because I met him. I met, I also met my biological brother and his wife. And then he has three kids. And they all have kids. So <laughs> I met a lot of people. Yeah. But thinking back on your biological father... I'm thinking about the fact that he walked into this party mm-hmm. to this woman who he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been with in years, didn't know he had a child, and you're the only child he ever knew. It's not like he walked in with the confidence of, like, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going back to my own kids. There were no other kids. It was you and nobody else. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Elisa said things are good these days. She only texts with Cindy. They don't actually talk on the phone. Elisa called Cindy's home on that first Christmas Eve to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and they spoke by phone that day. But since then, it's only been texting between them. Cindy doesn't call. And I tried calling her again, and she didn't, like, return the call. So I just think, I don't know that she's comfortable on the phone. Yeah. Because she definitely will, res- you know, she'll text me, she'll respond that way. So I think she's just not comfortable on the phone, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. And uh, my biological father, I texted him because I got his number. And so I texted him after we met. And then I didn't hear back from him for probably a couple months. I think it was, again, another, like, overwhelming thing for him. He's very, like, sensitive. So I think that he needed to kind of, you know, process actually meeting me. But he... He likes to talk on the phone. <laughs> he doesn't like to text. <laughs> oh, so we'll talk on the phone, you know, maybe once a month or once every two months, something like that. But he's really sweet. He'll call me my girl. He's like, bye, my girl. And, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's just very sweet. Remember when Elisa talked about her adoptive parents? She said it was never spoken, but she got the signal that if she ever searched for her birth parents, it might be hurtful to them. I asked her to describe more of what she meant by that. Just that, you know, for them, I'm theirs. And so to them, it would be like I was rejecting them if I tried to find my biological parents. Because they just felt like, you know, once they had me and, you know, that I was theirs. And so, you know, and it just didn't like, you know, what, why would I need to know, need to find anybody else? Right. And so I just, and, you know, if I brought up, if I ever talked about adoption or stuff like that, they could just tell, like, they would just get, you know, just very sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but there's... No, it does. Yeah. So it's very common, right? A lot of people Mm -hmm. sort of stiffen up when you ask questions and you express curiosity uh, because this is now their fear coming to life, right? Right. Oh, this is the moment she's going to tell me she's searching or she's going to tell me she found somebody. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So di- how did you share the one, how did you share being found? And two, how did you share the fact that you had met these folks? Well, I told them probably like a week after I found out. Because, again, I didn't want to upset them. But I just felt like they had to know. Because I just, I couldn't, you know, keep that a secret. So I just told them, you know, that she found me. Which is true. And it also kind of took me off the hook there a little bit. <laughs> but that wasn't me looking for that, you know, for her. So they were okay with it. Like, you know, especially when it was just emailing and stuff. I think it definitely helped that, you know, when it happened, you know, I was 47. So, you know, it's different than if I had been like 22 or something. They know that we are close and I think it just made it easier. They know I'm not going anywhere. So I think the timing of that made it a lot easier for them. But when we were leaving to go out there, I said goodbye to my dad. He was like, he's like, just, he's like, just promise me this won't change anything between us. (laughs) (laughs) No, so they still had that fear is like still there, you know? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. And then actually this, I I have another quick story is that this summer, well, last summer, uh, my biological mother had asked if she could come out here because she wanted to meet my parents and thank them and stuff. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know how that's going <laughs> Like, that's such a nice idea. And it's so nice that she wanted to do that. But then I was like, I don't know how that's going to go over. But that was 2020. So it was like, not going to happen last year. Well, this summer, she, you know, asked about it again. So I did, like, ask my parents. And they were very reluctant but said that it would be okay. But my mom, and unfortunately my mom has some kind of dementia, you know, situation going on. So she's very emotional and, you know, gets very stressed out very easily. So that week before my biological mother came, she was very like agitated and upset. And she was like, I don't understand. I don't need this. I don't need to meet her. She she was just so resistant to it. And so I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know how this is going to happen. But my biological mother came. She came with her sister. And they each brought, like, one of their grandsons. And they met. And it was fine. And I knew, which I was trying to say, like, she's a very nice person. Like, you don't have, she doesn't want anything from you. She just wants to thank you. She wants to meet you and thank you. And it went okay. And then at one point, my mom asked, uh, my, sorry, my adopted mom asked uh, my biological mom, like to go in, to come into her bedroom for a minute to talk. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I don't know what's happening in there. Mm -hmm. And they were in there for like 20 minutes. Um, and then they came out and my mom was smiling, happy. And I said, I'm like, can I, you know, take a picture of you guys together. And she was like, yes, let's do that. Let's take a picture. And so I have this, you know, picture of all three of them together, like smiling. And it was really nice. And I just got the sense that my parents got something from it that they didn't know that they needed. I mean, I think they were just so scared 
that it never like occurred to them that maybe it would be nice to meet her and to know that she appreciates what they did. Right. It was just like this sense of peace that I could see in them. Mm-hmm. And I, so it was just really nice. It's, it sounds like, um, you know, the classic thing that we say to people, your fear is much worse than the actual situation you're fearing. Right. And this, right. this was that for them. They were so fearful. The one that they would lose you to, you know, that, you know, probably that this other person who gave birth to you would somehow be better than they were in your eyes. And, and it sounds like she did an amazing job of, of putting them at ease and, and just thanking them. That's really yeah. awesome. It really was. It was really nice. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad this story unfolded as nicely as it did, especially for as abruptly as it came at you. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine sitting there looking at my phone and getting that curveball if I wasn't actually looking. Right, right. Well, Elisa, I'm so glad that you took time to share your story, and I'm really glad that that your parents got the chance to connect, and, and it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be. And, and it sounds like it also reassured you for the life that you did live. Yes, it, it definitely did. That's good. Well, thanks so much for taking time to share your story. I appreciate it, all right? Oh, thank you so much, Damon. Here, have a great evening. I'll talk to you later. All the best. Thanks, you too. Bye. Hey, it's me. Elisa lived the rare experience of a birth parent finding the child that they placed for adoption. She said it was good that it happened when she was in her 40s so that her adoptive parents could feel more secure in their relationship than they might have if she had been found as a younger woman. It was fascinating to hear that her birth mother, Cindy, knew her birth father's family well enough to invite them over to her place and that her birth father was open and brave enough to meet Elisa for the first time there. It's crazy to think he was a long-haul trucker driving up and down the East Coast during his career, passing through Philadelphia regularly. It's a small world that gets even smaller when you get to learn the facts behind your adoption story. I'm sure it was a bit nerve-wracking for Elisa to connect Cindy with her adoptive parents, but it sounded like Cindy put everyone at ease with some kind words during their visit. That photo Elisa took of Cindy with her parents must be a cherished memory from that day. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you found something in Elisa's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? If you would like to share your adoption journey and your attempt to connect with your biological family, please visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. And you can check out the story of my adoption journey, Who Am I Really? An Adoptee Memoir on Amazon.com. I hope you'll add my story to your reading list.